0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is episode 58, 58 of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. This is kind of a impromptu stand-up show that we're doing um, on Sunday, November 22, 2020, We'll be releasing it either either tonight or tomorrow, folks. But wanted to give you a quick moment to digest uh, not only the weekly catch-up podcast number 58, but also your Thanksgiving meals upcoming. So mm. in that spirit, I'm your host, Carson Gibbons. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B. Rad Colvin. That'd be me. You ready for Turkey Day?
1: Oh, man, so ready. I got my stretchy pants uh, <laughs> already packed. Chancho, <laughs> bring me my stretchy pants. Sometimes, man wear stretchy pants get that corn out of my face
0: (laughs) man i'm like we could just do this the whole time yeah i think my favorite is when he goes um (laughs) he's like uh what is, the, what is the topping that he puts on the salad? And he's like, do you not know that I have had diarrhea
1: since Easter's? <laughs> don't you know? Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. We're talking about Nacho Libre here, people, at the yeah. top of the episode. Yeah. If you don't know, it's then. It's only going to get better from here. If you don't know, turn the podcast off. <laughs> don't listen again, please.
0: Unsubscribe. <laughs> we would appreciate that. All right, Mr. B-Rad, you ready to get into it?
1: Yeah, man. Let's get it. It's the Weekly Catch-Up with Carson and Brad Here to talk about the week we done had It could be sports, religion, politics, we keeping the tabs You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in they bag Get your facts up, on Wednesday we'll be counting the stats up So turn the volume up till it's maxed up, you know the drill So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up And chill, we back up, this is the Weekly Catch-Up
0: Dude, I've been looking forward to doing a weekend weekly catch up podcast because I feel like this four, five day media cycle from like Wednesday till now, like all the good stuff that's going to happen for this week is it's happened. It's already happened, right? It's time to report on it while it's still kind of fresh and top of mind. And we're also not coming out of the craziest work day ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel this is the most well rested I've felt in months. Really? um, You know, prior to recording. Uh, yeah, feel great. Slept till like ten thirty this morning. Yeah, it, it was it was incredible. Uh,
0: I did too. Um, I went to bed at five thirty, so that's an issue. Jeez,
1: Happy <laughs> birthday, buddy! Yeah, thank you, buddy. <laughs>
0: had a good. I actually had a good relaxing weekend. It was exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Um, on Friday, man, get this. So Friday was my my real birthday. Yeah, and I've got a big pitch I'm going into, and right before that, I get the RIP text uh, from my grandmother that uh, her late husband's sister and my aunt Joanne had passed that morning. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this is um, we were not like the closest, you know, but I think we developed a, a rapport. Like I thought she was hilarious. Right. She had some real gems, some real, uh, you know, honest outlooks and <laughs> yeah. kind of takes on the world that really cracked me up. Uh, the last time I saw her, we went to the George W. Bush Presidential Library at SMU together. Okay. And uh, I'm pretty sure we posed in front of the have you been there?
1: Um, I I can't recall.
0: You you would it's at SMU campus?
1: I don't think I have.
0: Should definitely check that out. They do like different seasonally themed uh like history stand-ups and different things like that. So like in 2016, mm-hmm. they had like the history of the election debates and different things like that. And like mm. you could walk this um you could walk this like continuum on the floor that showed you all the different Republican and democratic contenders mm-hmm. for office, like during the time periods. And then you could go sit on like a little couch and watch like a 1960s television that was broadcasting like the, uh, the JFK debate. Oh yeah. And it was really eye opening to see like, Oh, a lot of this crap that's been going on recently. It's been going on forever. Right. Anyway, definitely check that out for sure. But that was the last time that I'd seen her. So, um, you know, wanted to give a shout out to that side of the family hope Definitely. that y'all are uh dealing with this and you know she's in a, a better place and um just rip and and well wishes because that saddened me for sure i was yeah. like this is so 2020 like yeah <laughs> the day you're celebrating like your, your birthday birthday yeah uh you get news like that but anyway um it was a crazy, hectic work day, but closed mm-hmm. a bunch of deals. Of which was, course, you did, man. Felt pretty good. Well, what? Not, not anything better than that on a your birthday or any day, really. Yeah. Um. So did that. I uh, was just exhausted after the day. Had so much going on. My parents came down. Uh, they took me to Lucky's Cafe, which mm-hmm. I've been to with you. Yes, it was my mother's first time to attend, so we were excited to take her over there. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, then ran back home, set the alarm. Because my dad took me to Indian Creek Golf Club.
1: Oh, I think I saw some pictures from that.
0: First thing Saturday morning, we teed off and it was a nice course, a course that I'd never played and I hadn't played in probably a month. So Mm -hmm. um, I told told some of the team that, hey, I'm going to be golfing in the morning um, Mm because we're kind of working weekends sometimes. (laughs) And uh, so I felt felt good to be out there and we had a great time. Yeah, got to do that. And so I had a lot of
1: fun. How would old Bob do?
0: uh he's good like
1: yeah i saw i saw that nice swing that you posted on twitter
0: yeah like i was telling him like if you just kind of play like a, a sawed off pragmatic you know old man you know how they just kind of develop their little swings and yeah i'm not saying that he's an old man but i'm saying that's the game that i adopted prior to adopting my new swing sure um so anyway we both played pretty terribly from like a numbers perspective um i had some amazing shots like i I was on a par five and two on the green oh. and two, and I think that that was that might have been the first official time that I've ever gone tee to green and two on a par five and actually been on on the green, yeah, like over the last couple of months, I've been able to like get in the bunker by the green or mm-hmm. just get it over the you know the ravine or right. whatever is occurring but uh to see it on the green, I hit a and I hit my little five wood from one ninety five. Dang. And I was like feeling myself. It was really fun. Yeah.
1: That's great, man. Well, it sounds so sounds like you guys had a blast. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man. Uh how were your Scorpio birthdays this weekend?
1: Oh, it was awesome. Um, Friday night, I took Courtney. Um I was like two minutes from here, actually. Um, the mansion at Turtle Creek. Oh buddy, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Holy. Oh wow, Brad. <laughs> man, Brad. <laughs> Man, okay. <laughs>
1: What's
0: up? <laughs> Just uh, that's a that's a real game right yeah, there.
1: That, that restaurant, um, it was I, incredible.
0: Because I, I feel like most most open table peasants aren't aware of like you know oh, the I, mansion. I, I did like, my research, know enough to because that's like, I mean that's probably one of the oldest Dallas money institutions you have access to. Yeah, really. Like if you're gonna go have a steak dinner somewhere, um, the mansion or albernaise or Mm -hmm. something like that's the that's the spot
1: yeah yeah so um yeah i've booked i booked that like a month and a half ago uh so we were good to go and the food was just incredible had some delicious appetizers got that cheese that cheese plate and um i wasn't about it you know
0: no i I, maybe to the cheeses huh i think maybe i was on a different seasonal menu or something but i got taken for my birthday okay um a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and man, I thought it was so boring. Like, you know, it, it didn't have that festive environment. Sure. Myself. Yeah. Now for you guys, like, I don't know, how would you describe it? Because it's not like your typical restaurant that you go to even no, no. typical steak. I mean, but it,
1: I mean, it was nice, like somewhat intimate. Cause it's not a huge, um, it's not a huge room. I mean, the lighting was great and everything. Uh, Courtney loved it. We, we both got kind of dolled up and, uh, dressed nicely and went out there and uh, she loved, we both loved the food. Um, So we, I don't know. We had a great time. That's awesome. Our our waitress was really cool. Um, It was really interesting. Like all the staff, they were wearing uh, masks and the face shields. Oh, so you felt like extra. Yeah. Well, you're at the mansion, Uh, right? Um, Yeah. I don't know. It was
0: the way that I thought about it is that, when when I describe it as boring, I don't mean that it's boring. I mean that compared to like your modern American cuisine oh, yeah. kitchen I mean, it's where not it's gonna, like.
1: It's not like super pizzazz. Uh... It's like
0: it's like the nicest restaurants that they display in the movies where everyone's wearing a suit. Yep. And it's like a, a nicer table, like a fireplace. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. I feel like that's one of the probably the nicest, most exclusive dinners I've ever been to. Yeah. In many ways.
1: Yeah. It, it was wonderful so i'll um, ah, props to you thanks man uh so we did that friday night uh saturday morning we took it over to fort worth and had brunch at yolk um just a nice, really nice brunchy place if if you're into brunch Where's that at? um it's like it's on the street where the fort worth uh, courthouse is okay yeah right on the corner um super super delicious um Got to hang out with some of her friends i invited gerald and and his girl and um let's see then we went to her apartment she uh we're going to be out of town for thanksgiving we're going to go to austin and visit my mom so before that um she wanted to like set up her christmas tree so it'd be ready to go as soon as we get back from thanksgiving so we decorated her christmas tree and then we went and had like an early dinner at uh her parents place because if you guys don't remember, we just moved her into her new apartment uh, this past Thursday. And so we've just been setting that up. And so we went over to her parents. Uh, My dad and Shelly came over and uh, we all had a nice little dinner there. And then we had Friendsgiving at, uh, you know, Molly Daniels um, and her man, Bruno. Uh, We went over to their place and and had friends giving Gerald, Gavin, and some other nice, some other people were there. Got to celebrate. The food was delicious. I, I'm just, yeah, we, we ate so much yesterday. I'm dressed in um, a t-shirt and basketball shorts because I'm as soon as we're done here, I'm probably going to go exercise because I just feel, <laughs> I just feel uh, a type of way after eating all that food over the course of this weekend.
0: Do you have anything uh, today?
1: <laughs> I had Whataburger today. Uh, you know nasty. that. <laughs> that's my you
0: that. So you're feeling bloated, so you're like, oh, I yeah. know what will go over with this bloat, some mm-hmm. Whataburger.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's like a Whataburger that's really convenient on my way to your place.
0: You know, Whataburger is so thick, though. Like yeah. their food is like the, the same number of items from Whataburger is not equivalent to like McDonald's, for instance. Like, That's fair. If you get – I remember – I think I told this story <laughs> like my first time going to Whataburger – and i'm ordering like i'm at mickey d's and so i'm like, <laughs> like yeah give me that triple three double stack. doubles <laughs> uh, i'm gonna need another cheeseburger and <laughs> you know then i get it and i'm like this is this is hearty <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah
0: so i just had to eat all of it yeah. still and power just through a, just
1: got a patty melt and some fries and <laughs> came over here so what um, a burger yeah man so it, it was a wonderful weekend got to spend it with you know friends family and uh did my favorite thing that i you know my my favorite pastime celebrating courtney so oh my you know goodness me, you know me baby but i'm done oh
0: goodness <laughs> yeah yeah does she even listen to the show no and we actually just <laughs> talked about
1: this so shannon and austin you know we had them on the podcast what three four weeks ago um they were at the brunch and somehow we got started talking about their restaurant and, and courtney's asking well why is it named omeline's or somebody asked and Courtney's like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, ah. And Shayna's like, oh, you didn't listen to our episode, huh? And I was like, hey, let's keep it that way. <laughs> like, We don't need to push her to listen because that means I get to gossip. And, and, and uh, you know, I won't get him. Uh, You're like in real trouble. life,
0: she doesn't even know I like her yet. <laughs> don't have her listen yeah. to episodes one through 57.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, but just in case I ever want to sneak in like a little like, plan that I have for her and
0: you're like outside of the show i'm still playing it pretty cool (laughs) i'm playing it close to the chest pretty casual (laughs) this mansion stuff is just for the show yeah man you didn't tell me that you'd lined up the mansion dude that's crazy
1: yeah it was great
0: look at you just balling out of control (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, what it is man what what did that well, since she didn't, li- since she doesn't listen, what did it run? Uh,
1: you, you, you don't have to tell me. I can tell you off, off mic.
0: Because I've had like a a couple hundred and fifty, so, hundred and eighty dollar dinners here recently that are like they're kind of expensive. Well, but I'm gonna
1: tell you, like we got two appetizers, two main courses, and two desserts. So,
0: so a couple spins. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever spent more than two, three hundred. On, like, a nice mm-hmm. outing meal like that. Yeah, it was over two. Jeez. Yeah. Mansion is probably the most. I mean, I'm thinking about like Albernay's. If you were going to go, like, I don't know, 10, 12 ounces, even, mm-hmm. you, you order a la carte, mm-hmm. which is awesome because it's like family style, but the mashed potatoes are going to be more expensive, but they could right. feed probably two people, three people.
1: Yeah. Well, like, I've never been in a relationship prior to this one where my significant other, like goes above and beyond. Like I've always felt like I was the best gift giver in the relationship, but Courtney, like you were at my birthday party in the summer. Her like renting out the Airbnb Airbnb space and uh, getting fuzzies to you know catering and different things like that, and just planning it all out. And so she's she's kind of you know forced my hand and made me up my game. So you know I had to had to do her justice and and make sure that she was treated well all weekend. I also made like a surprise video for her. She has friends whenever that like live in Austin, and she doesn't even, like I've never met any of her coworkers at Temple, but I I found them online and messaged and had them like wish her a happy birthday and put together a nice little video for her for a lot of her loved ones. Um, And so I'm, I'm, you know, she's just making me up my game.
0: Man, y'all just set the bar so high in the first year where it's like in 20. After this, like we just got 20 when you're like, you want breakfast in bed? And she's like, you know what you used to do? I'm talking the mansion playboy.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm okay with that.
0: She's like, where's my curated video? (laughs) You're like, I'll curate these eggs for you. (laughs) Hope you like them scrambled because that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to make scrambled eggs sometimes. <laughs> oh. I had scrambled eggs for my birthday dinner. Maybe. I had breakfast for dinner.
1: Nice.
0: My parents. So check this out. They, uh, they got me the most hilarious card. Um, I, maybe I should look for it, but I'm trying to think about if I want to read it or not, <laughs> oh. but they, they got me a nice gift. Like they got me an Apple watch.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was so funny because apparently my mom had gotten it maybe earlier this year and was sitting on it for this occasion or something of that effect. Mm-hmm. And, then she was listening to that episode where I was like, yeah, I'm not about that life. I don't want one of those. (laughs) And she was like crestfallen apparently. Oh man. And so she was like, you can exchange it for credit. And I was like, no, 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 I need you to know, like I've kind of turned the corner on this. Like I want one.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, those Apple watches are awesome. So she
0: got me a cool black matte um, Apple watch. So that's what's up. Interested to start doing those biometrics more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the version that I have, doesn't get like the EKG or what? Like I looked yeah, at, yeah. there was a couple things that were less relevant to my day-to-day health that I was looking the track mm-hmm. that would be available on, I guess a six or something, but yeah. I don't care about EKG. What yeah. is that? Like your, your heartbeat or something?
1: Um, yeah, they, they say it's not supposed to be able to, um, predict like a heart attack or anything like that. But I, I think the technology is trying to get it to where they eventually can. I I don't know. It checks your heart rate and we'll let you know if, if you need to kind of chill out a bit, <laughs> maybe hit up your meditation. Uh, Dude, and- that,
0: that would actually be really convenient if it just started a countdown clock timer in the mm-hmm. background where it's like, Hey, you've got 11 years, four months, <laughs> you know,
1: 30, 30. 30. I, I think you're thinking of the movie time or in time featuring Justin Timberlake.
0: I don't know. That That's just the scary thing as like men Mm-hmm. and you know stressed out white men that you know dude we can die at like 40 50 yeah just like that drop of a hat right like we all know people that have killed over my grandfather had his first like i think it was quadruple bypass surgery at age mm-hmm. 49 or something so yeah. i don't have a good track record on at least one side of the family
1: yeah i mean as stressed as i get and me down on whataburger every time i'm headed this <laughs> way, like you know i'm probably gonna I'll probably be due one in like 10 years as well. So um, I, I'm right there with you. I wish yeah, wish we could predict that, you know? <laughs> Why me? As I'm like downing, yeah. downing a large fry and patty milk.
0: You're like, I've been so good <laughs> running the last two days.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Just like trying to counteract it, man. Honestly, like there's a lot of – if you talk to – like let's say if you were on the dating scene, I feel like a lot of the things that people share with one another are their – potential diseases that they're very Mm -hmm. likely to get you know like I feel like girls are always like I'm at you know extreme risk of breast cancer Mm -hmm. or whatever and really the guys are like oh really that sucks (laughs) like and we don't know what we're at risk for but really it's like well I'm at risk of being a degenerate of having heart failure Mm -hmm. of getting pancreatic cancer and just piecing out in like 90 days like there's a litany of different top killers on both genders and different demos that we're all we just overlook like as a society. Yeah. Cause we're all eating from the same trough and mm-hmm. I don't know, like you ever watched that? Uh, is it Pyrex or what was the, um, Tupperware, uh, documentary where they realized that they were putting harmful chemicals, not only into the Tupperware, but also into the lungs and all of that of their factory workers. This
1: was the 1st time hearing of it. So I don't know.
0: It's pretty, it's pretty dramatic and alarming in that, this docu-series like opens up and there's a there's an old boy and an old boy an old boy he's just a good old boy or well he i don't know how to describe him i can't really remember
1: because when you say old boy like i don't know the age in which i'm supposed to picture this he he
0: was 40s 50s um but had had, so he's a good old boy he had a pretty twisted around deformity for his face got it Um, I don't remember if it was like one main big eye or what was going on, but he was pretty, he was pretty messed up. Got it. And he was talking about how he was the offspring of one of the Tupperware factory workers. And yeah. And so that, that was when it was revealed that this harmful chemical that not only went into these factories and these plants and the workers were at an accelerated risk of being around, but it's now in 99% of human systems Mm -hmm. due to like, think about from the 20s the 40s the 60s like when they built a new you know Tupperware thing or a new skillet for instance to fry in everybody got that yeah we used to all have the same plates in like 5th grade you know right. what i mean like yeah. you had a couple different options <laughs> i love those memes that they're highlighting i was like which ones did uh-huh. you have
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so if there's something harmful in one of those product lines
1: like it could be global did you ever have Sorry, this is off top. Did you ever have those Looney Tune cups? Like it was the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that trending on Twitter. I, like I thought I was the only one. But
0: no, no, like, no. I no. didn't know
1: that they're, they were that popular. I had a. Uh, I
0: had Sylvester.
1: Who was the? Uh, was it Tasmanian Devil uh-huh. or something? Yeah. Um, I remember those. That's crazy. I didn't know that that was like a popular thing. But like you were saying, you know, everybody had the same thing. I there was like a million retweets on Twitter. I I had no idea that everybody for owned sure, those.
0: bro. You it's know crazy. what? you know what? We're not special at all. Like uh, there's nothing <laughs> yeah, unique. You're right. Like I love those throwbacks you're,
1: yeah, to you're, uh, you're unique like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: did you ever go to a pool party and have a Capri sun and maybe mac and cheese with hot dogs in it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Was that not the greatest day ever? Uh, yeah, of course it was. Turns out we all did it. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in suburban America did that. Yeah. We used to have a Lazy Susan full of like branded cups where, you know, when you graduated from the Sippy cups, mm-hmm. just the basic primary color with a suction cup lid, uh, you could graduate to like the Looney Tunes cups and the Texas Rangers cups mm-hmm. and Dickie's barbecue cups. Like yep. there was just people seem to used to do that a lot. Yeah. You know, cups a were of, a big yeah, thing. yeah.
1: The Dickie's cups, the Rudy's. Um... Just something for everything. Yeah. Remember
0: going to the theme parks and they're like, yeah, but if it's if you pay eight fifty, you get to keep the cup. <laughs> right.
1: I'm like, yeah, and haul yeah. it around all day. <laughs> Terrible. It's, yeah, and then you end up forgetting it and leaving it. Yeah, not worth it.
0: It's just got that like curly twisty straw that bends off in the wrong direction. Like, yeah, it's after, like after its first. But you use. can bring
1: it back and get free refills. Meanwhile, it's like the last week in August and they're about to shut down for yeah. the year.
0: They're like, just buy a season membership, and I'm like, I'm drinking eight hundred dollar <laughs> yeah. Cokes right now.
1: <laughs> yeah how often are you going man?
0: yeah i'm like how how early do you want me to die like (laughs) man when you start kids off on those curly strawed like cokes like that they're gonna die
1: yeah
0: that's just not
1: pumping sugar into them like at three years old and caffeine and kids don't stand a chance these days man between technology and just like what we feed them I don't
0: know. I don't know how it's going for kids nowadays. (laughs) Like really like zero to 10 type
1: deal. Because you know me like I'm getting them when they get to high school but I already see the effects of technology being in their lives and and
0: how so expound upon that
1: just trying to keep their attention like while I'm teaching my lessons they have to constantly be doing like you know whenever they're home they're playing video games they're watching netflix while they're scrolling through social media you know while they're on their laptop uh facetiming having a group facetime with their friends um yeah it's just insane trying to keep their attention
0: i feel like i grew up in the last you know zero to ten generation that didn't have like we didn't even we had brick breaker on like yeah we had that we had that
1: in snake and we were at this really interesting point where you know we're coming up in in our youth having been on both sides of the fence and like ever since then technology has just been like exponentially growing like getting crazier and crazier I feel like we were the we were the last remnants of you know the time before
0: I mean little little bit just that's just a fact if you look at the timeline of everything because i i distinctly remember i think it it wasn't until i was probably nine or ten years old that you know i had my first like aol account that's yeah aim like i remember dialing up i remember throwing my mom off i threw off the phone one time you know (laughs) dialing into the computer and she was not happy about that
1: (laughs) yeah man the um texting like going over your data plan you, you know because you only yeah. got a hundred texts a month or something ridiculous like that
0: i'll never forget like holding that brick phone that first brick phone that i got like in bed and just being like yeah. i have everything yeah i i have all the power <laughs> right. i'm to call people i can't believe i can call them right now yeah. if i wanted to
1: well actually they'll have to call me because i already went over my minutes but if they call <laughs> me uh it doesn't count for some reason there's something to be
0: said there, though, that, you know, there was a famous, like, internet, uh, I, I don't know if it was, um, it was, like, Tom Edison or or one of these, it wasn't him, but it was one of those old-timey guys that mm-hmm. was making predictions, and he was saying that there would be a network where it would operate like the mail, but you would send it in the moment and expect for it to be received at a later date, mm-hmm. and it would just go into a queue, so, like, the idea of immediacy with our technology. When you first got that first cell phone, you could call somebody. Now, mm-hmm. I remember like the first one; it was difficult or impossible to text. Um, so now we're sending things in a multi, like multi-application situation where we were on parlor, we're on TikTok, <laughs> yeah. we're on shout <laughs> out, <laughs> you know, we're just doing all of that stuff. And the app spread, I think, is what the younger generations. Mm-hmm are accustomed to from their childhood which is what i still struggle with cuz yeah. like when i'm straddling zoom you know email text i'm getting a call mm-hmm. my other computer is accidentally facetiming in cuz it's synced and yeah. i'm i'm on this other third party like it's overwhelming to me and i think that the people that always grew up with this they're going to be at a different advantage in certain ways
1: well and it's also just crazy because there's so many different social media platforms that are popping right now. And so back then, you know, it's like either, you know, call me and leave a voicemail or email me. And now it's like, oh, dude, you hit up my Snapchat, you should have, you know, messaged me on, <laughs> you should have DM me on TikTok or hit me up on LinkedIn, or Facebook, you know, you should have sent that invite on Facebook. Um, it, it's just crazy, like, because everybody, there's not just one platform that people predominantly use
0: no and it's hard to understand like which ones are you on and then as a society how do we prioritize these platforms in terms of like which ones are the respectful ones you know we know dean abuses linkedin most people don't (laughs) most people think of that as like professional you know what i mean like you know he's doing parlor in linkedin (laughs) and i love it (laughs) shout out to dean (laughs) (laughs) but the point being that there's such a, a hybrid like Uh, people don't know whether to add each other on facebook at work Mm -hmm. when there's also facebook at work yeah you know what i mean like everything is interconnected now so it's like well what what is my naughty channel what's my professional channel what's Mm -hmm. my family channel and they all blended into one
1: yeah um
0: just a landscape
1: yeah it's crazy
0: and from a remote working professional standpoint it's like well it's a weekend you know what If there's going to be communication, do I need to return communication if it's emailed to me? Is email the softball toss? Or what if I get a Slack? And then what if I get a Slack in a a group channel and I'm not singled out? It's just at channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you you have an
1: obligation to? Yeah, because we uh, we use Slack up at school, and so I'm always do you. "Mm -hmm." So do you have different groups? That's our main. Yeah, that's our main form of communication. We have like an all faculty. Channel and then uh full time, and then I have a couple just with some coworkers where we send teacher memes and stuff like that but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like our main forum and so it's like, okay, do I at least have to like give this a thumbs up so they know that I you know saw it and it's just you know what, what a phone what's call is? you know
0: a phone call is still the most immediate like yeah. I need to speak with you right now, right uh type situation. I feel like a text is pretty direct um you know an email is probably behind a Slack for me. Mm-hmm. An email says to me, like, take your time. Think about this. <laughs>
1: yeah. You give know, it, give it a week.
0: Um, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, people that are thoughtful about their approach to people that might have that struggle on a weekend or mm-hmm. or something like that, they kind of set like some sort of callback, like, Hey, mm-hmm. n- don't worry about this weekend, but something mm-hmm. to look into starting on Monday. But with COVID and I was walking around the neighborhood early last evening and saw a guy like up on his balcony, like all plugged in. I was looking mm-hmm. at people in like the little office in the apartment. There was all plugged in doing demos and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know what the etiquette is with, yeah. especially as services go globalized and like internet connected, like every single day is a, a commerce day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh just talking about um technology and stuff and how that's kind of changed do you you know what zoom has killed for schools what the snow day oh yeah that's yeah, so true yeah it's like okay we've been we've been doing distance i don't care if it's snowing like you're in your home we've been doing this um we're going we're going to keep it rolling it has killed the snow day
0: man that is so true
1: yeah i just thought of that
0: well it's it's killed the whole idea that you have to be there or that the teacher has to be there, like, or you could swap places. Half of them could be here, half of them could be mm-hmm. there, like. But if you're internet connected, you know, really, if you're internet connected and self-driven, you know, yeah. half half the kids that like educate themselves for the most part on like code and different mm-hmm. things like that, like they're gonna get so far ahead.
1: Yeah, it's like your roof caved in. Okay, well, step outside. You have your phone. You can huh. click this link. Man, keep it pushing.
0: That is the hard part, though. Like I've been at home on demos and. Landlord comes knocking or something and it's like, well, if this is an important demo, it feels kind of like stupid to have to say, sorry, Amazon's at the front door.
1: Right. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know, man.
0: That's pretty techy of y'all to be using Slack though. Like I've mm-hmm. heard of teachers and, and faculties using Microsoft Teams for sure mm-hmm. or adopting it because of COVID. Uh but the fact that you were already on it, like your whole suite of tools seems pretty bleeding edge.
1: Yeah. I think they're We have like half pretty young teachers and then the rest, you know, are honestly like on their way to retirement, like within the next year to five years. And so the younger ones, like we knew about Slack and we had been using it last year. But then we decided to try to push it onto the entire faculty uh, to, you know, to use as our main form of communication just because it's nice. Um, Not everybody has an iPhone or an android so you know messages get kind of weird um whenever not everyone's using iMessage or you know if you miss a message with slack it'll take you to the last one that you read and then you can go down the thread um it, it just was a lot more convenient so after a little bit of pushing um everybody's kind of finally on board with it i'm happy with it yeah I
0: wouldn't be comfortable in, in teams versus Slack for sure. Mm-hmm. I've just used Slack honestly for probably five or 10 years at this point. Well, wow.
1: um,
0: probably since my agency days, but yeah, follow up on the, uh, the social media apps conversation from last week. Like I swear I'm in a time warp, dude. Like I don't know <laughs> what's going on in the world, but new moon or something is happening. Like people mm-hmm. are coming out of the woodworks and we, we, have that conversation about just give us back our global search and in Instagram yeah. and within 12 hours I like instinctively hit the global search and there was global search really look at Instagram
1: so okay you tell me if my Instagram looks the same as yours yeah, so you... Wait, you still have old Instagram. That's what I... Yeah, I so I haven't... Uh, I've seen screenshots of the new one where people seem outraged, and if I had that, I would be too.
0: Are you a, a publisher account? Yeah. You are? I believe so, unless I changed it. It does. You look like you're basic. You, oh. Like, I can't see insights on this. Maybe Facebook.
1: I changed it back. I know that I was publisher account for a while. I, I think uh, I took my account private and i had to stop being like a publisher that's true yeah
0: to go private because i yeah, tried yeah, to yeah. do that the other day i wanted to be a publisher and i wanted to be private yeah, it I was doesn't like, work that way i'm letting these folks know too much and <laughs> yeah uh, that's
1: how i was feeling i was like i'm getting too many friend requests
0: but then it was like hey your ability to boost at-
1: get in the hole oh
0: oh <laughs> oh that fella deserved that one you just scared the crap out of a lot
1: of listeners
0: (laughs) yeah but man that was a beautiful approach shot he nearly nailed that we're watching the rsm classic as we podcast folks um what were we talking about
1: Uh, oh it's back
0: yeah my phone's off but i'll show you later i have the publisher account still because i like to sometimes i'll be honest with you i don't know if you've ever seen this but like i'll boost the show a little bit mm-hmm. on my own personal yeah, IG, yeah, yeah. um. So like when the new logo came out, I boosted that. Yeah, like I don't, I didn't get 180 likes on it myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, right. they, don't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I can't tell them the secrets. It's not
0: right. like we're telling them right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I need to look at the geo targeting because I think it was only like one country that was like, "Man, we're <laughs> we're loving this podcast here." <laughs> yeah, in Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, really big. yeah <laughs> Hey, would you rather be, like, normal in America or number one in Malaysia?
1: Yo, number one in Malaysia. I'll take it. Like,
0: let's go to a smaller market and figure it out, bro. Yeah,
1: Malaysians, what are y'all up to? (laughs) What's the sitch? (laughs) How can we help? (laughs) We love y'all. We love (laughs) y'all. I don't know what kind of – I don't know about politics. You know, I I don't know if we're in good standing with you guys, but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, like we're your number 1 fans as oh my goodness. as you are ours as our most downloaded country
0: malaysia <laughs>
1: <laughs> as far as your political system
0: goes whichever party you the majority of your people like that's also ours
1: <laughs> malaysia's like going to be a super racist country aren't they like, oh, i just feel like we're about to get canceled
0: don't 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 <laughs> put that out there i mean we didn't pick like i don't know <laughs> Let's get, let's yeah, get off say this topic. It. Say it. Let's get off this topic real quick. Um what were we We're talking about Instagram. Yeah, so I couldn't not boost and see my cuz with mm-hmm. view insights I get to see if you've saved my photo too and I oh, want to really? see that. Yeah.
1: Um like if you post on your story what no, do you mean save? like
0: So on Instagram mm-hmm. I could go to your Instagram. Yeah. And there's like a little ribbon on your instagram posts it's okay. not your stories but your actual posts that i could use to save mm-hmm. so i could save it and if you go into your profile and then you go to the, like the ellipses menu at the top oh. right corner you can go to your saved uh like photo reel and you could have just saved random things that inspired you or like a pen board or mm-hmm. if you thought somebody was hot or right whatever. i'm about
1: to say like i'm checking out to see was creeping on me
0: well that's my whole point is that i can see not who and this is probably for the best. oh not who not who oh man that takes the fun out of it the minute they tell you like who's doing what nobody does anything (laughs) you know (laughs)
1: that's fair
0: it's like platforms that let you screenshot and others that you know notify the other party that you so it'll it'll
1: give you the number of like how many saves right okay so
0: it's always interesting because you get that new you know banging headshot going on, and all of a sudden you get like four saves, and you're like, What the
1: what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. Hey, um, Malaysia, <laughs> back to Malaysia, man. Oh, oh. Uh, Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> the second friendliest city in the world.
0: Kuala Lumpur, of yeah. course, yes, yeah, that's new headquarters. Second friendliest city, so you know what? Should we think about going to number <laughs> one happiest city? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is that? <laughs> Let me find out. <laughs> it's probably going to be like. bridgeport connecticut (laughs) when asked residents said it's because of our high household median income
1: (laughs) oh let's see let's see what we got here on the old google uh queenstown new zealand oh doubtful doubtful (laughs) no i'm just (laughs) melting off. hey guess the rudest city
0: the rudest city yeah new york uh newark new jersey oh yeah like the armpit of new york (laughs) you know yeah crazy anyway where you you ever flown in and out of newark i had to stay overnight at the newark like radisson one time Mm. and this place was so sketch like yeah like i got in there and i can't remember what i was so tired i've been traveling for like 24 hours and you're like
1: uh can i check in and they're like what gang you with
0: well, no, I, it wasn't that bad, man. I just wanted to take a bath. They didn't have a drain <laughs> oh.
1: stopper. And
0: so I just kind of like laid there and like,
1: you're like, can I take a bath? They're like, we don't do that here.
0: I just kind of splashed around in the thin film of water that would form and hold my fat toe over yeah. the, uh, the drain. And I was just like cold. And <laughs> I thought it was going to be room service. And they're like, nope, the cafe downstairs closed <laughs> opens tomorrow.
1: Oh, That's great.
0: It was just not the scene for me. Yeah. How did we get on this? Um, Newark. We're moving. Yeah, we're moving to Mal- to Kuala Lumpur. Yeah.
1: Man, that, that town sounds fun. Yeah, it really does. It, beautiful. Yeah. So
0: how many new listeners will we be
1: tapping into? Um, let me, I can check out the population.
0: I'm not sure if we should keep going with this, this bit or just kill it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the repercussions that could be involved here.
1: Um, I, I, I see no drawbacks. Okay. Um, one point eight mil. All righty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll see That's you next in week, Malaysia. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, America. Appreciate your measly analytics, and <laughs>
1: all of our listeners now can suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs>
1: just jokes. Just jokes, guys. Oh really, man. Really. Yeah. Yeah, so what, so what's on the docket?
0: Oh, I, I don't have...
1: Oh, I have feedback from last week from a new listener.
0: Oh, well, who cares what they think? <laughs> don't say that, don't say that. I'm just one, saying, yeah. if you don't start at episode one, I don't want to hear your feedback.
1: No, this, this, is a meaningful, this is a meaningful one to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of my old teachers Uh-oh. has decided to listen mr travis simpson um he he was a choir chemistry algebra teacher for myself and just somebody that i've always looked up to um he would he would always be the type that would i don't know just on top of the material for every class that he taught but then also like really cool with the like that's kind of how i feel like i've shaped myself to be is that yeah was
0: he old um, you
1: yeah kind of like i i would be honored to to draw that comparison um
0: it would be my honor to be your new <laughs> stepfather. It would be my honor <laughs> to be your new stepfather. All
1: right. I'm so sad that that's back to Mr. Simpson. <laughs>
0: Mr. Simpson, Travis Simpson sounds like a bad boy. You know, like he might have been doing chemistry, but who Dude, was he playing he, drums for? He's
1: like doing. Uh, well, he was teaching at Burton, and now he like got his pilot license and see. Yeah, he, he's like he's killing the game, man.
0: You ever met a meek Travis Simpson? That's like a that's like a star's name, yeah. you know? Yeah, like Aaron Carter, or Travis Barker, Travis Simpson. Yeah, yeah, like representing the University of Miami.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so my good, my good friend Dylan Sargent, who we've shouted yeah. out before, um, I get a text from Simpson. He's like, Dylan tipped me off to your podcast, uh, and I listened to your latest episode. Pretty solid, entertaining, and informative. Keep it up. I said, Oh wow, thanks. Uh, appreciate all that. He's like, the app your friend is working, uh, he's talking about Appreciate, sounds like such a great solution to so many shortcomings of the virtual environment. Um, church and school, like you mentioned, and he's like, the Dolly Parton bit made uh, my wife and I bust <laughs> up laughing. <laughs> and I just need to say from the bottom of my heart, that was not a bit. That's 100% true. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. And that was not, we never knew that that was going to uh, be discussed. Yeah.
1: Um, he, he said he appreciated my music take on that. and He thinks that uh, we're we're in a good zone to discuss up and coming issues like technology, apps, social, and music, which is th- those are all my favorite things to talk about on this podcast um, and he says that all of that with a blend of connectedness um, but also from a more intellectual angle yeah yeah what a wow great, what a great compliment I, I that one hyped me up
0: yeah, I mean when people start out with like solid stuff, which <laughs> is kind of like you're like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that constructive feedback is on the way. And the fact mm-hmm. that we're perceived as at all serious about anything or, is pretty intellectual. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, um, so that meant a lot to me. And so I just wanted to give him a shout out um, and give him a reason to listen to this one, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I enjoy. I often wonder, like, do we pair back the topic frameworks that we work off of for the mm-hmm. show? You know, are we better scripted with some shared thoughts or some apparatus to the show and the narrative? And
1: Yeah. So, listeners, last week we had copious notes. We were very prepared. This week we have zero. Let us know which one you like. <laughs> well, I, I think
0: that we're, I think that both will be good. Yeah, no, I, I, I think agree. that last week's going to get very- a little mix. I heard from many people just that they just thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, You know, again, since the deleted episode, I just don't think that we've maybe taken this as seriously in certain respects or Mm -hmm. we've cared less about the opinion of the show listener when we felt like we'd already tanked that opinion anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was very exposing, like, hey, we're not good at this per se, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, but yeah. we're going to keep doing it. Right. And we appreciate the like rider guys. The dies. car's
1: on fire, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> got
0: to keep it, it passed inspection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check engine lights been on for a minute, but <laughs> yeah. listener count hasn't gone down to zero.
0: My low tire pressure has been on since like March. Yo, my <laughs> <laughs> like literally. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. OK. My, my car is like on its last. Level. Yeah.
1: My um, my sensor is messed up. So it always says I have low tire pressure. So oh. if I ever actually do, I'll never know.
0: Yeah. My car also won't store or hold. It won't retain any of the windshield wiper fluid. Mm-hmm. There's a cut, I think, <laughs> in that. Because they keep filling it up and sending me out and then it gets dirty and I like go to squeegee and I'm like,
1: oh no, I'm blind. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's no fluid. It's been a real oh, Yeah, that's a real hazard, yeah. man. Like
1: And you've had you've had this vehicle for a hot minute.
0: Man, uh I bought that thing in 2012. Okay. And um, you know, I've always been relieved. I have a 2012 Ford Escape. Mm-hmm. I bought it like same model year, just slightly used. It was the nicest, most newest car I'd ever had. I've only had three cars. Yeah. Um, my F-150, the Civic, and then this. Mm. And it helped me not focus on cars. You know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't ever look at another car, and that was most beneficial to my Ford Progress because when I started fantasizing about a little roadster and all of this, like, the next thing you know, I'm, like, selling belongings on the street corner and, like, <laughs> flipping this car and trying yeah. to get that. And, um, also going further back in like model year than I should to be able to get some cool import or something Mm -hmm. stupid. So this car has been great. I always kept the low mileage on it because when I bought it, I worked two miles from my apartment. Um, I then moved to Baltimore where it was in the garage all the time Mm -hmm. because I walked to work in Baltimore and then I came back to Dallas and I worked two blocks from my apartment for another two years at the agency and, um, then I worked remote for three and a half years <laughs> and now I'm moving on top of my apartment, on top of my right. office essentially. So again, I will not be using it. That's great. So even though I've had it for a decade, I think even with all the the back and forth to like California mm-hmm. and some of those cross country road trips that I have done, which have been the majority of like the wear and tear plus in town, uh, I only have like 80,000 miles on it. Oh,
1: that's very impressive.
0: So, I mean, I don't. I, you have to have a good mix of like low mileage and also a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you had like a 2017 something with 30 or 40,000 miles, that would be a lot better than having my 2012 at mm-hmm. 80. Right. Like you, I was told that you actually can run out the clock on the car regardless of the mileage. You mm-hmm. know
1: what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd like to get a truck or SUV or your car's still G. pretty new, right? It's uh, also a 2012. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Honda.
0: yep. Well, you've kept that thing really nice. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I thought that that was much newer.
1: No, no, it does have, it has over a hundred thou on it now. Um Bro, like you've inspired me on that Honda because
0: like it's nobody, sh- nobody rolls up anymore. You know, you get out yeah. of an Uber black or you're already there staying at the um, hotel block. Like, I think that most of the time, especially in urban city living, having like the dope car or whatever is kind of overrated. Yeah. And the streets a played out. The streets here are so bad. If you're in Plano, like Legacy West, I would have much more of a need to work towards a mm-hmm. a Bentley than I would in Uptown or Dallas, where there's potholes everywhere. Right. Every but
1: pothole you hit is a couple hundred. To-
0: the testament. I've thought about this. Like, do I just go buy like a brand new four door Honda Civic, like 2020, because you know it'll last till 2040? Yeah. And I had no idea that yours was this dated. Yep. Because it looks, they, they don't go out of style, is right. my main point.
1: Yeah. I think it's a great car. The only reason I like, I do like to travel and it's just not convenient for uh, road trips as far as like packing. And I want to be able to go camping, different things like that. And I just can't do it.
0: That's why the the Ford Escape has been, you know, just the greatest thing. Because even though it is like a little four-cylinder, but it gets, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty decent gas mileage. And, you know, I've taken it some pretty crazy places, you
1: know. Yeah, mine's four-cylinder. And, like, once it gets up to past 70, it starts shaking. And uh, that's also an issue. I mean,
0: mine shakes sometimes. But I I went, like, 100 yesterday. Yeah. And for quite a while and it did it's fine yeah. well that's good i'm just man i'm so bad about that like i'll just go 100 if yeah. i can
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i went 100 on the tollway yesterday but i was just keeping pace with half those folks
1: oh yeah as long as you're moving with traffic that's cool if you're weaving in and out i'd say chill a bit
0: a little bit of weaving but i, w- I was the follower i wasn't leading mm-hmm. so i was kind of tailing this uh porsche cayenne that was blazing a trail for me and he was looking for cops up front. I was looking for cops <laughs> out back.
1: Yeah, good. Good little duo.
0: <sighs> There's more leniency on those toll roads, dude. I feel like the nicer the Lexus and SUV and the the better demo, you know, fiscally. Um, mm-hmm. It's driving down the street. The less they because, you know, they stop cars that are like dinged up. Right. Headlight out, you know, wrong tag or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about something really? else. <laughs> What else has happened since uh I so the the global search with with Instagram is back. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really have any new findings on the um the social media stuff other than no.
1: that. No. I will say the G Z and Yeah, yeah, I uh, wanted to Gucci up on that. Uh, battle went on. And depending on, you know, with the verses, it, it's hard to describe just to like the person who isn't like very immersed in that world. Um but there's a lot of people who say Gucci won just because of his presence and like his demeanor and the, the way that he was kind of strutting on the stage and acting like he kind of owned the place. But then others are saying like Jeezy picked the better songs. Um, it was very hostile throughout the entire time. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people, you know, just tweeting out that they were scared from the comfort of their own living room. Um, but they did kind of piece it out at the end and say, Hey, you know, there, there's too much violence going on lately. And, um, you, you know, we don't have to make music together. We don't have to be best friends or anything like that, but you know, we do want to make a statement and say, you know, it's in the past, we're moving on, moving forward and all that. So I I actually really appreciated that and I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah. I watched uh clips of it and, a while i was like oh i didn't realize how intimate this was like mm-hmm. you know could somebody bring a gun and this thing and get shot up a hundred percent yeah but then i saw there,
1: there was a lot of security i saw gucci
0: kind of like kept interrupting jeezy and yeah. then i thought the main clip that kept getting shared on twitter of like jeezy being like if this isn't about you or me mm-hmm. man and then he goes like what, what did he call himself like i'm the leader or i um, can not remember I don't know. That was like a big yeah. moment where yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. "Oh snap!" Like it felt like whatever had happened the rest of the time, mm-hmm. he won, right? Based off of like what I saw.
1: Yeah, he was just being the bigger person because Gucci ac- actually kept bringing up the friend that he allegedly killed.
0: I, I thought I was listening to that. I was like, "Is this as blatant as I think it is?" Yeah,
1: yeah. Because um, he even had like diss tracks that mentioned uh, those allegations and like you know was hating on Jeezy and stuff. And like he played those songs and was like staring at him while he rapped them and that's what i'm saying is like it was really intense as far as that goes like it um it, it definitely could have gone south if if egos and feelings had gotten in the way
0: i don't know how they didn't you know i don't know how Jeezy like maintained his composure yeah. if he really thought GZ that was there was like, no Come one on, the man truth.
1: this is like 20 years ago and gucci was like 15 like, like uh, yeah been, like he'd been yeah like he knows the date you know man I don't know. Yeah.
0: You got to think that maybe Jeezy's sitting on the bigger pile of cash.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Potentially. Like he has older money. Like he hasn't had, they both came out with um, Gucci dropped a mixtape that night. And then Jeezy came out with uh, his uh, album. And so, but, but he hasn't had a hit in a while. Like Gucci has,
0: but you know what? Let's talk about that real quick because there are a bunch of like, B-list singer stars that if you were a musician, an artist back mm-hmm. when they were still selling CDs at Walmart as yeah. a primary distribution system, you know, you went to Best Buy, you went to Walmart, you picked up the latest Celine Dion, you mm-hmm. got the latest In Sync, Backstreet Boys yeah. back in that era. You know, you could have had a couple hits like Slim Shady could have retired off of Slim Shady, you know?
1: Yes. But I, I will also say back then, like, music labels were getting paid quite a bit. And that's why you had to tour. I, I think we talked, touched on this um, in prior episodes, but the, the music label would just take a huge lump of the money. Nowadays, like you don't really need the middleman. You can just upload your song and say, awesome. And, and see what it does and make all the music for or all the money for yourself. Like, you know, I was bigging Russ up on a, the EP that he dropped last week he like I've I've talked about it before he produces sings raps he does it all on his own and uploads it himself he doesn't there's no middleman and he will he's literally tweeted out um, his bank statements and like how he just made a million in a month off of one song
0: well that that one song that you sent me crazy went so hard in the paint that (laughs) and plus it was just very every aspect of it is so unique like the lyrics the the beats the music videos like the way that he can kind of go between this like melodic singing Mm -hmm. rap you know just kind of emceeing like it's kind of hard to describe what some of this is anymore like Mm -hmm. it used to be like very much rap and now you know you have like the drakes of the world and people like that Mm -hmm. that have transcended the the genre and
1: it's like a whole production and uh, I, yeah, again, just just super. Like I've had that on on repeat. Um, yeah, I, I listened to it several times yeah. this
0: week. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Did you see that uh, T Swift, like an investment group, bought her masters from? Yeah, without her Scooter knowing. Braun owned them. Did you yeah, know that? Of
1: course. They. Yeah, this has been huge for years because she's she's. Uh, he allegedly abused her, like physically. Um, okay yeah you, you can take that how you know i don't know you can look into it yourself and see what you believe i wasn't there i can't speak on it um but but there were reports and i think um no i don't know but she just tried to get her masters back and she's really upset this time around because he sold them off without her knowledge and she's like well i have the money to purchase them and you could have just sold them back to me but instead you went behind and if you're money man you don't really care about at the end of the day it's all business it is what it is like he owned the rights he can do whatever he wants with them whether or not you agree with it um so i can't really hate on them for that they were there there's probably a nicer way he could have gone about it but seeing as how you know there's um murky water well he he was not everything's good between them
0: Your point being that he was perfectly within his uh, business right and purview to sell it to whoever he wanted, but by not notifying you or giving you first dibs, um, clearly he doesn't value his relationship with you to the utmost extent, and that's just what you have to read into that. But I didn't really realize, I guess, that he owned her masters, and I I saw this headline. First of all, it was $300 million. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I was like, how much money does Scooter Braun have? Because oh, doesn't he own Justin Bieber? Yeah. Like, how much money does this guy have? He must be um, close to a billion. Like, it, he be. must be $750 million. And who is he? He's the connected guy that finds children on YouTube?
1: I guess. What um, is his, the deal? His, uh, his net worth is at least 400 mil. But that's as of September. Um, so, obviously, it's gone up now that he's sold uh, the rights to... Taylor's masters but that that goes back to me talking about russ and just like why it's super important for artists you know if you can then then go your own route and not have to pay anybody to put out your music like if you're that talented i will say a lot of people have benefited from record labels because you probably couldn't have um been pushed on the radio or anything without their help and maybe they do deserve a good portion of your money because you would be nowhere without them to begin with you know what i mean so i don't know you, you just you can't be mad at the record label if you're the one that signed the contracts i definitely think that the record labels take advantage of these artists but no one forced you to sign it so if all of a sudden you blow up and you're wanting to get out of this contract like they're not obligated to does that make sense yeah yeah Yeah, I think it's like I definitely think record labels screw them over. However, you either could have done it on your own or you couldn't have done it without them at all. And so that's just kind of you, you know, that's the route that you took. You can't be mad at it.
0: I think half the stuff that we spend time, you know, conjecturing on and discussing in terms of uh, market fragmentation and these new things, like, oh, the record labels have been mistreating stars for Mm -hmm. forever. And Oh, Hollywood had like an inductee, you know, uh, hazing process and uh, all of these different like layers of bureaucracy mm-hmm. and, and people that had to say yes. And all of this, like all of this just boils down to the Internet and yeah. d- democratization of access to to markets. Like even if you were a designer, it, let's say that you had to um, go find a design job at a, you know, otherwise like already set up design agency. And nowadays, you can just get a Squarespace, you know, promote yourself, show your portfolio. It, they're all just URLs with mm-hmm. differing levels of domain authority and like brand reputations behind them. Yep. But there's a billion portfolios out there of people that could do the job through the agency that they're working with. Or they could do it on the side hustle with freelance. And then that customer could still go tell people like brought to you by people from the Richards Group or whatever. Right. But the, even with the Richards Group, I think the, the amazing thing to me, you know, I interviewed at the Richards Group back in the day. I was one final interview away from getting a, a brand management job at Richards Group on Dr. Pepper Snapple. Wow. And that was right when they were losing Chick-fil-A back in the day. Yeah. And uh, so they had combined some internal resources to fill the gap that I was going to be filling because uh, suddenly somebody was kind of like without half their job and i'm thinking to myself like that was always the most solid play in the ad world you know it was the largest independent agency in the known universe and they lost 60 percent of their client roster in a day because of the stuff we discussed a couple weeks ago crazy and it's like you have to think when when you shave billions by 500 600 million dollars you know there are people that probably thought that they had made it and where are they going to go now you know
1: yeah um yeah, at this day and age, just with any type of, uh, especially in like the creative world, it you could just strike, I mean, you can go viral. Like we talked about the Ocean Spray dude, right? Um, who Who's coming on with a bunch of these deals. He's already been featured in commercials. Um, he's been on air with like Snoop Dogg. Uh, he's, he, they bought him a house. He said he's been, or he's made about 340000 through the music video and commercial appearances just from a 10 second video on TikTok you know uh, what i mean i didn't know he's pulling 340k yeah. all right yeah that's insane it is you have to be you have to
0: build products up overnight and be ready to ship them because yeah. you know even in the space that we were in with uh, appreciate social that we were discussing you know where you, users have social agency and shared mm-hmm. music playlists and different things like that dude i swear I was on Instagram over the weekend and saw, you know, the, do you follow the blessed one?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: He's one of the pretty funny memers, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes he'll do uh, promos or something mm-hmm. and like tag whoever in the, the description. And this one, there was like this pretty hack uh, commercial where this guy and two girls and somebody off camera were all on a zoom call mm-hmm. and, you know, the girls were like, this is boring. I don't like this. Like I want to go out. Okay. And the one guy was like, you know, we have to be responsible. Like we could pretend like we're at a club. And he put on like an interactive background, virtual okay. background. Yeah. They were like, this is lame. And then the one girl goes, "Um, I got just, a, I just got invited to a, a party on AMP me. I, I'm going to go over there. Okay. And then she pulls up her cell phone. It's like a split screen. No, no different than a zoom call, but everyone is listening to a shared music playlist. Hmm. And she was like, this is so much more rad. And they all start dancing (laughs) together. And like they're, it's basically FaceTime with music. Right. And I was just like, and so it begins, like was my literal thought. Like there's so much we were talking about, has anything good come out of COVID last week? A lot of crazy stuff has come out. Mm -hmm. You know how many new jobs and innovations and like new norms that we staff against build products against like Mm -hmm. it's insane yeah definitely there's a Um, whole in in the process like when does when does it's like zoom got to global dominance and i already see it being just the incumbent it's like facebook for social networking or google for search it's zoom de facto as the number one you know kind of niche go to meeting provider yep and all these people are it started in the last six months. All these people are gunning for that now. Mm-hmm. Just like parlors taking from Facebook and Twitter, there are going to be people taking from Zoom.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I use Google Meets now instead of Zoom. Um,
0: Google Meets has raised their game. I've heard a lot of like organizations that I respect mm-hmm. that are like, we use Google Meet.
1: Um I-, I will say it has a long way to go, but I use it for the convenience of I'm already using Google Classroom uh, with my students for them to turn in their assignments or... They can even take online quizzes and tests on there. Um, And that's where, you know, I just post random um, notices for all of them. And so then there's just like the Google. I I do it more out of convenience is that I don't have to make a code or anything. It's already there. We click it and we're in the meeting. Um, I I do think that there's stuff that they have to up their game with, but it it gets the job done.
0: That's cool. Yeah it everybody is just looking for consolidation as well at the core i think at the scholastic and the corporate level there's never been more app fatigue mm-hmm. with app spread you know we we don't want yet another login like how are our people going to access this technology it's going to yeah. be integrated into our yeah it's funny like a lot of people have you know adopted microsoft teams and they need something that integrates the Microsoft teams, but then they're still concerned that it's one more thing within Microsoft teams yeah. that the people would have to use. And it is a hard problem because we're always throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing if it sticks, because if you can enter the market with like a razor sharp approach on one niche thing, mm-hmm. you can win at something because when zoom first entered the market, everybody was like, what are you crazy? Like we have all these options. We've got yeah. Skype, we've got, um, Google Meets, we've got all this different stuff. And they were like, yeah, but we're going to do one thing and do it really well. Yeah. And now they're the de facto. Yep. And w- then we see these apps that like consolidate mm-hmm. all the different approaches for us. Um, I don't know, the whole digital footprint and having to make sure that you know all of your logins and everything is synced and managing that at scale for an organization that you know the average enterprise has like 130 applications that their people use on like a weekly
1: basis Dang. that that's crazy we're talking about um platforms you know being the de facto like i still think even um music platforms have a long way to go like i i see great things from apple music spotify and title and even soundcloud um and it'd be nice for one platform to take like kind of like, um, you know, all other social media platforms are taking away or taken what Snapchat did and posting stories that disappear in 24 hours. You know, um, they're all competing against each other and creating their own things similar. Like I wish music platforms would steal from each other a little bit more because there's a lot of great things, um, just solely on one that I wish the others would have. Um, like, you know, I had tweeted out that Apple music Anytime like a big album comes out, it's like they interviewed the artist and they came up with um, the background behind all of their songs. And like, I love that. I think it makes it more personal and and, um, just brings another layer to the album and makes it more special. And then Spotify, just uh, their user interface is a lot more easy to navigate. Um, And I think it's easier to find like new music on there. SoundCloud. Literally, like anybody can upload to there, which I think is great um and title like they're exclusive they they've done like amazing uh virtual uh concerts they've done like films that scored by these artists you know like beyonce coming out with the whole cinematic thing uh visualized album concept album stuff like that um i I wish one platform would bring all these things together and i could get it all in one place and not have to you know, spend five to 10 bucks on each platform a month.
0: Yeah. I feel you. I was telling my parents that at my birthday dinner, like I'm going to have to scale back some of these streaming
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, platforms whenever I move and just make a executive decision because I can't keep straddling YouTube premium, YouTube TV, Netflix. Like I'm paying for all these different people on all these platforms.
1: Yeah. To watch what? Like one exclusive show? Like, like, let's be on Netflix. They come out with something good maybe once every couple months that that we're all hyped up about. And then we go back to, you know, I probably go back to watching The Office or, or, you know, whatever shows on there. And then HBO, it's like, oh, there's a new season of this coming out. You got to get the, uh, for me and all the streaming platforms, like, luckily I share, uh, logins with friends and stuff. And so I'm paying for one and they're paying for the rest. And we all kind of share. Uh, but it definitely does. All add up and for what like one or two shows
0: i don't know like netflix has you locked in at this point where like it's not really on the list of things that you would scale back first Mm -hmm. um just because you say that they might come out with one or two good things every couple months but they're they're gonna have probably my guess is on average for the the normal like consumer they're gonna have four or five annual drops that you still care about whether it's shits creek or um border town Mm -hmm. or um american horror story true um we'll get back to that um so already you have you know probably 40 100 hours of content that Mm -hmm. you are gonna have to have a subscription to consume um plus just the the repository of everything that they are where you know I need to go back and watch NCIS season one or <laughs> the office season one or the office, yeah. London and British, you know, yeah. version, you know, they're going to be the overall. And also the, I would say the authority on stand up comedy. Although I, now that I've been into prime video, like mm-hmm. I've watched a lot more of Jim Gaffigan and some yeah. of these different people.
1: Uh, did you watch the new Kevin Hart special on Netflix?
0: I've never been a Kevin Hart standup comedy fan.
1: Yeah. With each one, it, just gets i don't know it's become more of a shtick um by
0: the time he was on my radar he was already doing stadiums and i don't you know i love joe coy on podcasts yeah i love kevin hart on first take i love Mm -hmm. joe rogan's podcast but i don't do stadium comics for the most part yeah dave is the only one that can do a you know a poop (laughs) manure pasture or a drive-in theater or the carnegie and you know, right. rock them all.
1: Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Did you catch um, Donnell Rollins and him on JRE this week?
1: No. I, I saw that he, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it, but haven't it, caught it.
0: It's like the first two and a half hours is Donnell Rollins and he got shot. He got shot. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird. Like recently? Yeah. Like he, he couldn't drink or anything because he was on antibiotics and had uh, like a big cast on his thumb because part of his thumb got shot off. In what he called like gang warfare in the streets when he had his little, it doesn't add up. Like he has this little like purebred dog Uh and he's like walking around the street and he wouldn't really talk about it. And then Joe was like, dude, this is so random that like you just got shot and like, you don't really want to talk about it. And he's like, well, he's like, sorry that I don't describe it just like you would like Joe. But you know, sometimes when two people are disenfranchised with one another and then they, the universe just so happens to see that their paths intersect and they want to go to settle set agreement. Sometimes things don't go the greatest Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, okay,
1: it was really
0: Donnell, like He's almost one of those people that like plays a, a role, almost like Tim Dillon.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Are you a Tim Dillon fan?
1: Dude, the sketch comedy on – on was it on Netflix?
0: Uh, he does, like, impressions and sketches and stuff like that. But yeah, I, the,
1: the, he has, like, a sketch special on Netflix, I thought.
0: He has – I think he's on the, the stand-ups Half Hour.
1: Oh, no. Nah, I'm, I'm thinking of a different dude. Sorry.
0: I'm like, he's not middle no, i shorts. No, I've seen this guy, though. Yeah, he's one of the best. He was on the Alex Jones Returns episode of JRE here recently, okay. <laughs> which is just too much. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. man. So it's the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving. You're headed down south?
1: Yes. And by the way, I was thinking of Tom- Tim Robinson. On- Tim Robinson. Yeah, he has the Netflix. Uh- is he the guy from SNL? Um, maybe. The-, the sketch comedy is called I Think You Should Leave. Okay. If you haven't, it's, it's pretty funny. Get a picture. Uh, yes, he was cast on Saturday Night Live in 2012. Funny, oh, funny, dude. Anyway, um, yeah. So heading to Austin uh, on Tuesday, going to hang out with my mom and eat some good food all week and, um, and just chill. Uh, I'm just going to rest. And then once we're back, we got about, what, three weeks until Christmas break. And um, so just going to kind of lock in until then.
0: That'll be fun, man. Drive safe. Uh, you taking Courtney with you? Yep. Very cool. She's able to finagle her schedule.
1: Yeah. To facilitate that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, how about you?
0: I'm working the first couple of days of this week uh, through Wednesday, really. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like I have so many of these like group social demos going on right now that, uh, and I think it it's a testament to the product in many ways that people that are on PTO next week are like scheduling the meeting to come. Oh really? You know, they're, like they're on personal PTO yeah. from their at will W2 job and they want to see it. That's crazy. so they're going to like budget around that. But I've got, I oversubscribed Tuesday's social. And so I scheduled one Monday and then I oversubscribed that one. Oh, so I just started asking everybody on the, our calls like you guys working next week. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, we can. Or actually the surprising part is that I feel like most people are working. Yeah. Um, like in the corporate world and stuff like that, Mm because I don't know. It's still just hustle, 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 right? Like I love following these investment banker meme accounts where um, there was one where it was like a back and forth with the office where um, one person was like repeating over and over, like uh, we should give employees more time off or PTO, like more more work-life balance and separation Mm -hmm. with remote work and I think it was like Rain Wilson or somebody over there is like trying to figure out what they're saying. Then he goes, oh, a mental health awareness day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to suffice for the fact that everybody's just working around the clock. It mm-hmm. seems like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I'm doing that Monday through Wednesday. Okay. uh going to be gearing up for that move come Saturday.
1: Yeah, man, that's exciting.
0: And um, getting some of that stuff together. That was a nice putt. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I'm going to my cousin, Kim and Jason's uh, for Thanksgiving kind of down your way. Actually, it's, they might actually be in keen proper now. Okay. But she inherited the, uh, the mantle from her mother, my aunt Twyla, who hosted us all my years, zero to 25. Yeah. We kind of always did Thanksgiving with that side of the family. And then I don't think we have anything going on for Christmas yet. I did hear that Meredith is going to be coming back. Awesome. Um, it sounded like, um, Brian did get approved to get to go back to Germany oh. uh, to see his people, which is, you know, I don't think that was a given mm-hmm. with COVID and everything occurring sure. right now. Um, That's great. I know that she's going to be in a more friendly portion of the country to actually have a social gathering of any sure. type um, if she comes down here. So it sounds like she's going to be down here for a couple weeks. Yeah. Starting mid December.
1: Okay. Well, Meredith, we're going to link up. Um, definitely want her to be able to meet Courtney. And- oh, they still haven't met? I don't think so no that would make sense um well she's
0: gonna be back like sounds like for three or four weeks potentially oh that's great just kind of hold up hanging out um so that will be cool it's just been so much drama over like again respective to wherever you are Mm -hmm. Um, but these mandates these lockdowns that are occurring like it's really concerning like even joe on the podcast with Donnell was saying or I think Dave Chappelle was asking him, are you going to open up a comedy club? Because apparently Mm -hmm. Caps, Caps City or whatever in in Austin, Mm -hmm. I think it folded. It's like permanently gone or something of that effect. Don't quote me on that. But and Joe was saying, yeah, but I'm going to wait until the new administration is officially Mm -hmm. inaugurated and like in the office.
1: See what's going to go down
0: to see if there's going to be like a national lockdown of sorts, because we're we're just spiking hard,
1: obviously. Yep. Yeah. Smart plan.
0: Even Trump Jr. has (laughs) COVID-19. It's, yeah, it's like an upside down world where Trump actually had 10 tweets the other day that were not marked as like abusive or spam content. Wow. And um, it seemed like the tone was shifting maybe to, you know, more self-congratulatory, like braggadocious style. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he is still in office. Vaccine is still being delivered on his watch. Yeah. Ninety. 90 plus percent effective Mm -hmm. so i don't know if he's just going to try to ride that wave out but what i'm hearing experts that i respect you know say is that he'll probably never really give the other side the due that they're does that they deserve like there will probably never be a super concise concession speech um because if he has ambitions to start the trump news network and Mm -hmm. or to run himself, or maybe one of his kids, or something like that in twenty twenty four, I don't think they can ever fully concede in their strategic mind.
1: That makes sense. I can see that.
0: Not not real helpful. Yeah. I didn't know that Biden and I shared a birthday.
1: Oh, do you? Was it? Yeah. His? Wow.
0: There was a lot of like, you know, butt kissers out there, like Pete Buttigieg. Like, happy birthday, Mister President Elect, on Instagram, yeah. and I'm like, all right, okay. Pete. When are you reporting to the VA, buddy? (laughs) Right, yeah. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: (laughs) There's a lot more controversy about those cabinet picks. Like, it sounds like they're they're hiring people that are, like, already in the government. A lot of Republicans, it sounds like. And also, people, I I think that the Treasury pick that's being rumored now Mm -hmm. is, like, a total Wall Street shill type person. Oh, really? So, there's not going to be any, like, Elizabeth Warren Mm -hmm. or Bernie Sanders heading that up. Yeah. Which I'm glad about.
1: Yeah. It'll be all right.
0: What would you like to talk about, Brad?
1: I don't know, man.
0: Dude, uh, let's, let's take a break. Okay. Sorry about that, folks. Internal staff meeting. I was uh, starting to go into the holiday season stuff Thanksgiving this week. So, B-Rad rightly thought that I was rapping because I was and then I just <laughs> forgot that I was. And The thing that I love about this show, I think, versus other shows is that it's not live. Yeah. There are no sponsors no. and we still require commercial breaks <laughs> just to keep it together long enough to string together an hour and a half of conversation.
1: Yeah, it is what it is, man. But one of these days we're going to have, uh, we'll be able to splice commercials in, in between and we'll get paid to go, to go, uh, converse and figure out what we're going to talk about. next.
0: <laughs> we're so silly, man.
1: Oh, all right. Order in the court. Here we go.
0: All right. So, Story time or story. news story time?
1: I, I have a news story that uh, I didn't get around to telling last week. Okay. Um, Big Slice Pizza. Ever heard of it?
0: Yeah, I love that rapper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stupid.
0: Hey, hey, uh, B- Brad, is it going down? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's going down, young jock, baby. Um, all right, moving on.
0: People loved how I schooled you in that moment. I
1: hated that um cannot believe that i got that wrong
0: yeah were, were you pretty embarrassed or what was I, your i was
1: just more um not embarrassed just you did know you feel I, I should know better at you know?
0: All? did you feel like a poser when it comes to your rap game <laughs> like knowledge a,
1: yeah. <laughs> no not <laughs> i went back and listened to the episode
0: it. and i realized like what a dig you're throwing at me where you're like you don't like like conscious rap <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like what the? <laughs> you like it? yeah. I was like as opposed to unconscious rap, like what am I
1: listening to? You're more like the beats and the trap type stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Not can't dig, even. It's just the style.
0: Yeah. Well, I I watched your Russ EP. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say that that's conscious either though.
0: What is conscious
1: then? Conscious is more like uh s- like talking about like social j- injustice and um we can't just so, be, like, like stacking uh, Benjamins? Like, uh, I, Well, you can if you're, like, Kendrick Lamar and, like, the way he weaves, like, a lot of those stories in. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call... I wouldn't necessarily call Russ, like, a conscious rapper. Like, when I think conscious rappers, I think uh, Common, Lupe Fiasco, Talib Kweli, um, Most Def, a, a lot of those heavy hitters from, like, the 2000s.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, who is Jay Z then? What kind of rapper is he?
1: Jay Z is just like the mogul. Like, do you over business?
0: Do you like prioritize for um, the rapper that's able to eloquently weave that social justice narrative into the framework of the song versus somebody who can stack Benjamins but do it in a very eloquent, clever way? Because
1: I mean, that's uh, that's more fun for me to listen to. If I'm being honest, like
0: the first, the yeah. latter the former,
1: like I always think the social justice type stuff is great, but that's not something that like I'm probably just going to be bumped. Like it's more tedious and like having to you know really pay attention to the lyrics. And then it- if if I'm listening to rap, I'm probably tr- just trying to like have a fun time trying to get hype and everything. So I don't necessarily want a lesson in every one of my songs, um, but that's just personal.
0: So, but are you saying that? if it can be a banger but also impactful yeah yeah maybe that's your point yeah so is that your number one form of you like the conscious stuff more than anything is that what you're saying
1: i I, no i like wordplay
0: Ah, okay yeah so who's your favorite rapper
1: at the moment my favorite rapper is benny the butcher
0: that's right how's he doing
1: he's okay um y'all know we talked about he got shot uh last week or the week before he's he'll be all right um but yeah, he's my favorite right now. Anyway, Big Slice Pizza. Oh
0: my goodness. I can't believe that we've been riffing off of that.
1: Because <laughs> you said that was your favorite rapper. That's how we got there. Okay. Um, a 25-year-old man had the audac- this is the This is the title of this article. <laughs> okay. A, tw- a 25-year-old man had the audacity to make himself a pizza as he stole cash in a delivery car from a California pizzeria, police say
0: goodness there's no need to click in
1: yeah a man accused of stealing this pizza he was taken into police custody yeah he he, it wasn't enough just to to take the money and the car he had to whip himself up a pizza real quick i just thought that was bro if you're gonna if you're gonna
0: rob Domino's. Call your order in ahead of time yeah. so that you can it, pick it, it and the cash up real time. Exactly. You're not going to be like, hey, bust the <laughs> alarm open, but now we're going to wait 22 <laughs> minutes because we're going to yeah. use the tracker and it's going to go from pre-oven to in the <laughs> oven to quality check.
1: It's like, wait, run that back. I said extra cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: oh. <laughs>
1: Idiots. Idiots. Ugh, idiots. Okay. Yeah.
0: Goodness gracious.
1: I, yeah. Didn't get around to that story last week. I just thought that was so dumb.
0: You should be in charge Uh, of like our new segment, like the dumbest and longest headlines (laughs) of the week. Deal,
1: deal. I'll try to find a Florida man article next week.
0: (laughs) I feel like uh, Kimmel, Letterman, some of them have done. Leno used to.
1: Excuse me,
0: I have like a hiccup. You're good. Leno used to do the best headlines and news stories when they were literally like newspaper clippings, and they would zoom in on it.
1: Um, Two days ago, was Florida man arrested after driving away with power pole on car roof? (laughs) (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) Some people are in the pandemic. Some people are just in the panhandle, you know,
1: (laughs) November 16th, Florida man charged with involving eight year old boy in crime spree. I don't want him to be soft. (laughs) That's his quote goodness gracious man Uh, I was trying to tough him up I don't want him to be soft Brian Bruchet a spokesman for the Polk County Sheriff's Office said wow
0: Um, I thought you meant the perp's name was Brian Bruchet and I was like that um, seems
1: weird that was the detective's name Ernest McKnight III was was the gentleman trying to loop this boy into a crime spree
0: so the third got arrested for coercing the fourth? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Something like that.
0: Okay. Three. It was a mistake to come back in after that <laughs> beautiful pause. <laughs> <laughs> All be right. B-Rod, tell us your story time.
1: No, that, that pizza, what do you want to know? That pizza was the story. Okay.
0: Well, either the story segment that we discussed or just something... Funny or random, or you can do one of your questions that might be.
1: Oh, one of my questions? Well, i have to scroll well back positioned. My, let me try to scroll back on my notes and see if I have any old questions for you. Um, until then, I got one for you, you, have, you. Any anecdotes? Oh, boy. You have one? Mm hmm. All right. What?
0: When you were eight years old, what did you want to be?
1: When I was eight years old, I think I wanted to be an artist, but I could not. I love drawing, but I could not draw worth anything.
0: Yeah, I could never. Like, I would always. I
1: always really wanted to be good at drawing, but (sighs) I'm like, if I were to draw a person on a piece of paper right now, it would look like it did whenever I was in the second grade. Like, I made no improvements.
0: Dude, if I were to draw a word, otherwise known as writing, <laughs> you would see that I can obviously not do free expression. Yeah, I can't even do structured expression. Oh man, looks like Michael J. Fox is signing for me. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not a pretty picture True. at all.
1: Oh, I have an old question for you that kind of goes back into like uh, the workspace or um, you know, just your job and and uh, I I, I okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah let me just get into it instead of <laughs> well is, shaky on the mound folks
0: <laughs> we'll see how he does <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't put enough chalk on the hands all right uh tell me about a customer that changed your practice okay so we we've talked about like these books and stuff that you've read we've talked about just you know people that you've looked up to and how that's kind of helped shaped you but i want to know about like a customer someone that you've um you know done business with that has changed the way that you do things the way that you work
0: oh that's so interesting yeah and I'm wondering because something does kind of immediately pop to mind where it's like how did this person end up becoming you know uh, like an influence or somebody that you you wanted to model after in many ways and they were in the customer role you Mm -hmm. know like and it's not just changing process that like you know, the agency level or the company level, it's like in where you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I got, when I was in my agency days, I got to work with some really cool, it was like my first foray into startups. And we were a branding agency that would do everything from, you know, naming. Mm -hmm. We we named organizations to logo, brand and identity, um, web, e-commerce, you know, design, print, all these different aspects of of brand. And so whenever you're at that branding level, they're either rebranding or branding for the first time. And so we got to meet with, you know, highly qualified uh, professionals that already had C-level, you know, executive chairs at other organizations and were trying to start new ones, or maybe they were trying to start a new product line within an existing entity. Mm -hmm. And so I got to work with some guys that had worked with venture capitalists and Uh, early formation startup teams and um, I don't think that I don't think this person would mind me mentioning them just because they continue to be ongoingly relevant which is I I could say a testament to my choosing skills but Mm -hmm. at the same time like you know who you want to be and who's going to continue to scale their own personal trajectory but one of the people that I met during that time uh, was a guy named Melbourne and he had several C-level positions that you know were just well, I, I bid on a couple different projects for him for different entities that he was running. Mm-hmm. And he had this concept that I'm going to be really generic about mm-hmm. um, because I do believe that some of it was probably NDA protected back yeah. in the day. Um, you know, the cat's out of the bag now and it's a totally different situation. Like we we named his original entity mm-hmm. and he, he came to us with like a concept and a lot of research and and plans for execution and needed branded components for some of the visualization, not only for early team, but also for like investors and different things like that. And so I was for the first time doing more like presentation decks and, you know, really interactive ways to uh, show the potential addressable market. And meanwhile, you know, this guy was really cool. He just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, over 40 days or something like that. He um, was driving around and like you're, GLK and all that stuff and had, you know, a very, um, uh, prosperous and, um, you know, powerful partner and his wife that also is a business maverick, you know, some would say maybe even larger than him. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. She's got a huge public following and, you know, just had all the things that you would think I would want to model after. But more than anything, it was just like the callow. It was the nature of the work where, you know, during that time, not with this particular entity, but other startups or other pre, pre-funded, you know, ideas would come to us and even offer us like a, an equity stake in exchange for creative services to support them, you know, until they could get real funding, for yeah. instance. And I was in love with that concept. Like that risk was a thrill to me because, you know, the higher the risk, the higher the return. And I was thinking, man, if one of these blow up and we're like getting an equity stake in all of these different things that come through here. I was already kind of thinking along the YC mindset of some sort of service that assists you, takes equity in return. Anyway, long story short, throughout this process, I, I remember I would take all my phone calls like in this garden parking lot, like mm-hmm. out back. And uh, cause we were in like a, an intimate studio setting. Yeah. And I remember asking this guy, like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, I like doing sales. I like being on like You know, the I like talking to companies going to market and people going to market and being involved with like a changing dynamic and having to sell services that, you know, support creative services back to that effort. Mm -hmm. And this is my skill set. This is what I think I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And just sought him for counsel. I'm like, what do you do? Like, (laughs) I see a bunch of different titles, but what is it that you do? And how do I do that in the future? And I, so anyway. I thought that it was just an interesting um, client-customer dynamic. Yeah. And and to his credit, um, he has actually taken that concept, scaled it, gotten significant funding, has a huge team. Uh, it's now called Bestow, and it's a life insurance that you can purchase online hmm. very easily. And it's just been really interesting to watch him go through this process But to his credit, like he he did not blow me off as an irrelevant call, even though I was basically the sales rep. That was also very consultative and advisor like for this particular niche, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was also liaising for the team on behalf of the team and the creative director principal. Um, But he he very much took all my questions, was available for follow ups. And anyway, it it was just um, a powerful thing to me.
1: Yeah, I love that, man. That's very cool. And. Clearly, um, you're a guy that wears a lot of hats these days, it, it, w- it would seem, and putting out multiple fires yourself. So I think uh, you definitely took a lot of that advice to heart.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to take any credit for anything. I just think that it was um, it, it was um, indicative of what was to come in that I was already kind of thinking along these lines like, okay. What about new go to markets, new products entering spaces? Like that whole thing intrigued me. And as early as 2015 was when this was, um, that's when I was really kind of thinking, I think this like selling just a normal service in an effort to make quota, make your money and go home, mm-hmm. I think that that could be a dead end approach or have its drawbacks in the future. Yeah. Cause I was always just very concerned about having to rep a product in my forties with What if I had mouths to feed or a mortgage? Like I saw guys like that, that were new to an outfit that maybe, maybe I'd gotten a job offer and turned it down. And I was 20 years younger right. and it scared me half to death thinking about debt. If you, ha- if you were to accrue debt, which basically having a family of any kind, mm-hmm. you will do so for the most part, like mortgage, whatever the case may be, yeah. cars, um, it just scared me to think that I could have to start that compounding reputational value process over with a new entity. Like how could I harvest all the connections and um, advice that I'd given to people? How could I make that always work for me and not end with the Rolodex, you know, not end with my being locked out of the CRM as I complete my last day at the job.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. I like that, man. I appreciate you opening up and sharing that.
0: Yeah. Um, Who's somebody that has affected you in that way in your work?
1: Um, So I I can replace customer with students in that I would say my first year of teaching. um, And I, I might have talked about it briefly, but I can get a little bit more in depth here. My first year of teaching, I tried to be like this really strict, kind of person, no nonsense, stuff like that. Um, Just because I was younger, I wanted... It was my first year, you know, I wanted to be taken seriously. Um, I was told in college whenever I was going through the educational program, like, you were there to teach the students, you were not there to, you know, be friends with them or anything like that. And I, to an extent, can see why they would teach us that. Um, But to me, it, it always made more sense. It's like, well, somebody would listen to you more or, you know, take your advice or learn from you more. Like if you built a relationship with them, like, and I'm just thinking from my own standpoint, like I never took anybody serious. You know, I talked about Travis Simpson earlier, like he's somebody that, you know, I could joke around with and, and talk with. Um, and I don't know if I ever did, but he would also be somebody that, you know, I, I feel like a teacher that, that I could confide in if I ever needed advice or anything. And, like, that's what I didn't understand, you know, going through college is that, okay, well, if we're not supposed to, like, build, you know, like, relationships with them and everything, we're just supposed to teach, that just kind of feels off, and I don't think I'm going to be the best, me, the best teacher possible if I can't do that. But anyway, I gave it a shot my first year of teaching and tried to be strict, didn't really build a whole lot of relationships um, until, like, my second semester there. And after that, we had a new student, um, who didn't have a lot of friends. They were, they were going through a lot. They, um, I don't know, for some reason, I guess just the way that I kind of spoke and had a dry sense of humor joked around, I, I think that opened up a space for them to be able to confide in me. And, um, they let me know about their home life going on and, um, just some of the battles that they were dealing with like depression and different things like that. And also, um, having some difficult, you know, thoughts whenever you are that depressed and, um, different things like that and, you know, opened up to me and it got to the point where I like legally had to tell somebody, you know, my superior, what was going on. Um, because I was worried about this kid's life and, um, and I, I, I told them after all this went down and, uh, they, you know, they had to get a, a um, signature from, you know, a therapist that they were seeing and everything to prove that they were going to be going to all this. Anyway, I, I, I told them afterwards, like, hey, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that it led to all this. Um, I need you to know that I care about you so much that um, I don't care if you're mad at me or you don't want to confide anymore in, in me. Uh, you can be mad at me all you want, but I'm just glad that, you know, we're going to be getting you help and everything. And they're like, you, they basically told me, no, like you really helped me. Um, and the, the fact that you're willing to do all this for me, like nobody at home has really, um, shown interest. Uh, you know, I I've told them that, you know, I'm dealing with all this and they basically said to like, you know, pray all this away and, um, you know, just trust God instead of like getting help. And again, being a Christian teacher, like, I definitely think prayer is worth, you know, worth doing. I I think it is beneficial. And I definitely, I definitely think God helps out at the same time, you know, maybe those prayers led me and the student to be able to open up and me take the necessary steps in order for them to get help. So, you know, in a way maybe the prayer did help. Um, I don't know it it made me realize that, hey, like I understand you don't need to be BFFs with these students, but if you are real and open with them and honest and, and um, you don't just care about their knowledge of chapter five of whatever book you're reading um, and that they are people, not just a number and you're not just trying to get certain scores from these students, um, then you're, I don't know. I just felt like that helped me recognize the impact that I could make if I allowed myself, um, to, you know, build bonds with a lot of these students.
0: To not have to be so straight edge and be more relatable.
1: Yeah. Because you can be responsible and hold them to a certain standard. And whenever it's time to learn this lesson, like we'll learn it, but there's enough time in the day to also show them that you're a human being and that, you know, you, you can care and love for one another and, um, you can still do that in a, you know, responsible, mature way.
0: Yeah, that's, um, boy, that, I think that that this is probably not discussed enough anywhere, but when you think about teachers and being like surrogate parents, you know, seeing children on a daily basis, they're probably the, the most frequented person other than mom, dad and whoever, mm-hmm. uh, whoever the parent figure is in the home. And um, the burden that you guys must start struggling with about grade eight or maybe even six, like you, I, it's hard to think that in kindergarten somebody could be like really depressed mm-hmm. or like they would have figured it out to that extent. They might be hyper or whatever's sure. going on. But starting at sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, it seems like as early as kids are killing themselves. You yeah. know, and it's like the fact that you had to make a decision to elevate it and potentially be perceived as blowing up this person's spot mm-hmm. is uh, super difficult. Yeah. You know, that's always the difficult part If you have people that can in you thoughts mm-hmm. that have to lead you to action. You're like, what do you know? I can't yeah. sleep at night if I didn't do something and I get word in the morning that something occurred, you know, yeah, man.
1: especially like as a, how old was I at the, like my first year of teaching, I was what? 23, 24. Definitely not mm-hmm. as mature as I am now. I think I've done a lot of growing in the past uh, six years. Um, but just trying to be like, you know, the mature person and never having like dealt with some of the things that they were dealing with and, you know, trying to stay on top of that and make sure that they got the help that they needed. Um, it was a lot of growing that I had to do within a very short amount of time as well to ensure that, you know, they felt heard and that they got the help that they needed.
0: It's hard from a species perspective because there's. first of all it's sad that kids are depressed to this extent like you think about depression as something that comes about after your childhood you know after the fun of college Mm -hmm. and kind of initially doing your career and then you're like oh life sucks like taxes and death and when when people start to die at a higher level in your family and you're like oh the buck stops with me like Mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot of like ownership that people have to shoulder that they don't want to have to shoulder
1: societal pressures or family yeah
0: but the fact that kids are so depressed it's like it's it's sad and i wish that on the one hand you wish that parents would be more in tune to it on the other hand maybe it's maybe teachers are set up in society explicitly for this purpose as a third like third party objective source and maybe some parents just aren't versed enough to deal with diagnosis or understanding of what's occurring.
1: Well, I mean, that's, a, and I definitely think that is the case in some of these moments, but like I said, like this student even told their parents what was going on and they were like, um, you know, pray.
0: Well, that's, so, yeah.
1: Um, so I, I, definitely think there are moments where they have no idea and maybe, you know, just the relationship that they have, the, the child wouldn't want to open up to their parents there. They might be afraid of, um, I don't know. They might be afraid of, of something when, once they open up that can of worms. Um, but I definitely have, ex, you know, experience in talking to many students. I, this is just the first issue that I've ever had where, I, you know, I tried to help out a student. There's been many since then in the six years that I've been teaching. Um, and I, I've learned that it goes both ways. Either they're too scared to open up to somebody else or um, they have tried and nothing came from it. Yeah.
0: As as it reaches younger demographics, you know, you just have to wonder, like, I think our sense of purpose is totally devoid half the time because, you know, again, it used to be try to try to remain pregnant from 16 to 24, essentially, so that you can try to produce enough boys to work the field, you know, mm-hmm. Like that's how humanity used to work. And now people people want kids because they want kids. They don't yeah. need them. Right. Like they're not they're not reliant on them even in their old age with all the services. Yeah.
1: I don't need any more, you know, you know, farm hands. Just right.
0: think about the traditional person that like went to Allen High. They went to Texas A&M. They got a degree. They got married at twenty five thirty. They go to the Katie Trail Ice House, they got a purebred dog, and the next accessory is like, well, all my friends are having children, mm-hmm. and wouldn't it be so fun to hang out with them and little Timmy? Like, that's how a lot of this starts in many ways. Plus yeah. just like internal instinct in many cases, mm-hmm. but there are so many It's interesting, like a lot of people would say that people want families as a an outpouring of love and a good situation that they're in. But many people just I know many people that just want children and it's almost mm-hmm. like a transaction to get them. You know, like they they need to find somebody this year because they're not going to be able to
1: have children in six years. Yeah, clock's ticking. and it, It's like you got to start dating now so then you can get married what, in a year or two or, you know, get engaged, then a year of engagement. and It's just <laughs> scary because
0: you have this like child looking up at you like, why am I here? What, what's yeah. my purpose? Like, what do I need to do today? And it's like, oh, go to Zoom school well why like why am i here you know what was what was needed you know what what is the common need that we're all kind of pushing against here and uh it's like no i just wanted to have you there's a billion people just like you little <laughs> little connor you know you're nothing special like
1: <laughs> i'm just because that that was that was my yearbook quote by the way from my senior year you're, <laughs> you're, you're, nothing... you're unique like everyone else
0: <laughs> and i don't mean this morbidly like it sounds at all i'm just saying that um, most of us have never seen where our food comes from. You know, we've never had to build a fire. Mm-hmm. We've never had to like wire anything elect- electrically yeah. or understand anything about the power grid. Like we're so, we don't know what we don't know. You mm-hmm. know, we know how to log in in three clicks and do X, Y, and Z. But if the internet went out, how incapable do we suddenly get mm-hmm. You think that you're this mountain man, then the power goes out, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like I don't even have ways to, you know, pass the time. How do I send a letter? Yeah, like how many people would not be able to mail a package or you go to the post office? Write a check. Write a check. I can't write a check. I don't have checks. I've never had checks.
1: That's actually in my lesson plans. Like I, I teach that still. I know it's kind of obsolete at this point, but we spend like at least a, you know, a class on it it just
0: seems incredible to me the way that we, the way that we educate people and just propagate the human race. Um, again, I know that there's going to be standouts among all of these people that, you know, do further the species along and, you know, discover the next big thing or whatever the case may be. But I'm thinking that it's hard to, it's hard to tell every child in the world an, an explicit purpose that they can harness in that moment that scales with them mm-hmm. to, uh, to not question what's going on or depression or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's... I also think
0: it's probably social media
1: and body oh, that dysmorphia. Plays a, that plays a huge role into it for sure. Amount of You know, we've talked about it before, the amount of followers and likes you get and, you know, always having to perform. It, it's, it's insane. There's a lot of pressures on a lot more pressures. You know, we dealt with some pressures that our parents never had to. And I feel like this next generation is dealing with stuff that we never even had to. So It's just, it's getting crazy.
0: It's just such a, it's still you. It's still your avatar. Like I reconnected with an old friend that I hadn't talked to in probably 10 years recently. Mm -hmm. And we kept feeling like we'd had a conversation in our twenties. Like, did we talk about this or was this just a series of posts and updates that were in my algorithm at the time? Like Mm -hmm. what platform was it? How do we feel like we have this ongoing conversation or knowledge of a person's whereabouts and doings to a certain extent. Yeah. And we track that over the years. Like we've had Facebook and all this for 15 years at this point. Yep. So to watch behavior and how people interact with one another based on the information they see online versus what they're people can't remember what they were told <laughs> voice to voice from the person versus what they saw in an Instagram post mm-hmm. as they were just scrolling through. Yeah
1: yeah um in the same way as like posting and uh looking at like facebook memories and stuff have you noticed like i don't know if you tend to look at your facebook memories but it seems like there's like different eras of the types of posts that i would make too do you notice that like
0: i i I, never reference them
1: so my first like my oldest facebook memories is a lot of me like posting lyrics to like whatever song i was listening to (laughs) um the next one would be like, oh, chilling with Carson and um, tagging like you know our location of where we're at. The next one would be like, um, I don't know, just observations or like me posting about sports or Bible verses or different things like that. And now, like my recent memories are always just like, I don't know, typically uh, just Instagram uploads of you know, like I I don't I don't know. I've just noticed different stages of how I post.
0: Well, I I see what you're saying with that. I think that. Just, yes, naturally. Uh, you get into these as, different as ma- modes. Yeah. Well, and, but
1: and I, I wanted to liken it to maturity, but I, I don't know. Here, here's another
0: thing I'll throw at you, though. Okay. I do think that it, when you go back and you look at Facebook memories and user behavior on the platform from 10 years ago, we all look like complete dorks. Like yeah. we're just like chilling here with this person. Yes, exactly. So we have to remember that the prompts within the product that got us to generate those things. Like when Heston came onto the show and he was talking about, he'd showed us that thing where I'm just telling Chloe all about my day, (laughs) like in a post. Right. And I got to think that it harvests it that way in the database and resurfaces Mm -hmm. it to me as a memory. But the like UI for the product, the prompts, like what are you feeling right now or what's Mm -hmm. going on right now or whatever that changes over time. Yeah. And also just the user behavior like this is an interest like the whole reason we were checking in was to tell people where we were yeah. because half the time like you go back to those old, old, old posts and people are going back and forth in the comments about who can hook up with who and like oh, I'll meet you yeah. over there. You know, what are we using now for that? Right. Well, we're socially distanced. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like Bradley Colvin and Carson Gibbons checked in at the men's dorm uh in Keene, texas uh via foursquare you know you remember foursquare i do
0: yeah i was never as crazy about that uh, i think i had an account but i wasn't checking in everywhere yeah same but then you had these like guys that would check in everywhere and like mm-hmm. pride themselves on it and i feel like a lot of them um ended up being pretty ravenous pokemon go type <laughs> guys as well
1: <laughs> what's the connection there i don't <laughs> know <laughs> i don't know yeah Anywho. Anywho.
0: Bro, I'm so tuckered out. It's yeah, been man. a weekend and if a half. It was a
1: birthday weekend for you. I I was celebrating birthday. I I, I think we I think we did this episode justice. Yeah. Um, some some <laughs> dumb moments, but yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be I. Right. yeah, ready to bang the gavel, say court adjourned, you know. Yeah, I yeah. feel you on that.
0: All right. Happy Thanksgiving, Tots. Thanks for tuning in. We will yeah. catch you up. The week after Thanksgiving, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we are very grateful for all of you. Happy holidays. You are loved. Bye-bye.